0: Our producer, Blythe, has traveled once again to Nick Offerman's Woodshop for an installment of Wisdom from Nick Offerman's Woodshop. That's where she does that segment, uh, in his woodshop.
1: Here's Blythe
2: from Nick Offerman's Woodshop.
3: This comes from Jamie. How do I end a phone call firmly but politely?
2: Um, well, you know, I'm in the business of uh, putting on a show, and so my, my inclination is to... Uh, To tell a little bit of a white lie and create a scenario so i you know while i'm if my uh if my my mother or friend is is running on interminably i will say uh, i'll do one of these oh hey hang on i'll be right there mom i gotta go someone's dog just jumped off the building and uh i have a huge net and uh, anyway yeah i'm coming Mom, I got to go. I'll call you back, you know. Yeah. And it's good to maybe have a few things in your pocket. Maybe, you know, let your mom know that you have a little bit of a gastrointestinal problem and and then you're you're home free. Oh, mom, sorry, I got to run to the to the little boy's room.
3: That's great too because they won't I mean, the chances are they won't follow up. No. I mean, they don't, they don't want to know uh, details.
2: You you cannot, in good conscience, question the veracity of someone's gastrointestinal trouble. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm
1: Mike. On today's show, we'll tell you how to make a movie with a cheetah. Like Tarzan, or another movie. Nope, a big cat cheetah. We'll also bring you our Toilet of the Week. An international edition of our Toilet of the Week. But first... Ah! What you're
0: hearing there are uh, New York Jets fans booing the New York Jets football team because they're bad at football.
1: Yeah, and this week, one of their fans in the stands, this guy, uh, Fireman Ed, who leads their J-E-T-S Jets cheer, retired because the fans were also heckling him, their very own cheerleader. And nobody knows
0: uh, how to deal with heckling better than a comedian. They deal with hecklers all the time. So joining us now is Hannibal Burris, uh, one of our favorite comedians.
1: So Hannibal, what do you, what do you have for Fireman Ed? Well,
4: that's different. You know, heckling is uh, it, well, when I'm doing stand up. It's easier to handle heckles because I have a microphone and I'm way louder than everybody. Yep. But Fireman Ed, he's at the same. You know, he's got a bunch of people yelling at him, so it's a. I think that's a different energy. So he's got to be, just have something witty to say back, and I guess. Talk about people's appearances. People like low blows like that. So if somebody's fat, you got to call them fat. Somebody's ugly, you got to tell them that they're they're ugly in a creative way.
0: Can you tell us about a time when uh, you were on stage and you got heckled and you, you fired back at somebody?
4: I mean, it's just all the times I just end up destroying the person because I'm uh, way better at comedy than them, so it's happened a lot, and they all blur together because I always win. Right, like, so sort of like the Bulls in, like, 93, yeah. sure. 94. Yeah.
1: Sure. So do you go uh, to a gig, like, armed with, with things to say if if the audience turns on you?
4: I don't, no, I don't go in with, with things to say. Well, I have one that I'll use sometimes where somebody might say something, and I'll riff off of them, and then they'll think that they can keep saying stuff later. They'll try to say something else, and I say, "Hold on, man. You had your chance. You had your chance earlier. You were one hit. You were like the whoop there it is of hecklers. But now you just <laughs> need to sit back and get your toe money." And just so yeah, I just I use that one a lot on, on on people. But yeah, most of the times people, if you listen to people, they uh they hang themselves by saying dumb stuff. I always make sure to repeat the thing that the person said to me because. If it's a big room, people don't know what what the heckle was all the time. So you got to say you said blank, because if not, you just look like a crazy person yelling at somebody. But in Fireman Ed's case, he needs to just man up. He wears a fire hat at the at the stadium. He should just be able to tough it out, man.
0: Well, let's let's. uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but let's let's see if we can help him out. Um, So if he's uh, at the stadium, I figure you know he turns around. There's a guy, let's say, wearing a Tebow jets jersey um says uh you know fireman ed why don't you uh you know stick to your day job well if you're fireman ed what are you gonna say to that
5: guy i'll
4: say uh yeah i still do have my day job but i go to football games on the weekends because that's what i do since i make good money at my day job you can yeah. handle it handled in a real deadpan literal way like yeah, <laughs> I, say. I actually still do have my day job man. it's a
1: very even response
4: yeah, you just got to be calm and just make the person feel dumb when they say something. Like, that was that was dumb. I still do have my day job.
1: <laughs> you, you made
0: the point that, you know, you, you're pretty confident that uh, if somebody's heckling you and you go after them, you're going to win because you're better at comedy. Yeah. Hey, I, I Whenever I see this happen, a stand-up uh, at interacting with a heckler, I always think maybe what if this is the time that the heckler just destroys the comedian? Have you ever seen that happen?
4: Uh, you know what? That happened to me once, where I went to a show in Jersey on Fourth uh, of July of last year, and I had some friends that were on this show, but I wasn't performing. It was a small bar show, and the host of that show didn't know that I was a comedian, so he started messing with me, like saying stuff, and I let it slide. I let the first one or two slide, and then he kept he kept coming back to me. And then I just ended up ripping him. I started just firing off jokes because <laughs> he didn't know that I was a comic. He just thought I was a civilian, so he ended up getting destroyed because <laughs> he was like made a joke about my my skin, like "Oh, you look like an African," or something. And then he just had it on his dingy T shirt, so I said his T shirt looked like it needed IV and some <laughs> other lines, and just it was it was a fun time, just because I never really I ne- I don't go to. If I do go to comedy shows I'm kinda in the back and like, comedians don't like to sit in the front at comedy shows and uh so I that was this was a small bar show where really no back row, so I was up front and close and I, I got the rip it was a pretty fun moment.
1: Okay, so uh for Fireman Ed then, if you wanted to give him maybe one one piece of advice, let's say he was gonna stick it out, he was gonna continue going to Jets games, he was gonna try and uh, you know, handle the abuse. What's one piece of advice you would give him?
4: Just, uh, just grow up, man. Man yeah, Man. That's just part of it. If the team is losing, then people's gonna be upset. So
1: maybe that's Fireman Ed should just be like, "Your T-shirt looks like it needs an IV."
4: <laughs> just, uh, I mean that 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 would have to it it have to be fitting and it, it, out of context that one might not work for him.
1: But it might confuse him yeah, and throw it, him off the yeah, game. Yeah. All right, Hannibal. Thank you so much.
4: All right, thanks, y'all.
0: So I, I don't know if you've seen this uh, video that's been going around this week. Of uh, It's a slow motion video of a cheetah running. I have seen it. Speaking more to the people listening to this. And I will say, oh. if you're listening to this, actually, just pause the podcast for a moment and uh, go to our website, howtodoeverything.org, and, and watch this video. It's, and then you'll know what we're talking about.
1: All right, uh, assuming you've come back now to the podcast, we wanted to look into how they made this video. How do you film a cheetah? So joining us now is Greg Wilson, who is a cinematographer on the project.
0: So, Greg, you have this, uh, this X factor in this film, which is the cheetah. How, how do you go about getting a cheetah to, to do what you want?
5: Unlike an actor, we can't give a cheetah marks and right. tell it to repeat a certain action. You know, it basically is like any other cat, Going to do whatever it wants to do. Yeah. Once we solved the technical aspects of the job, then we needed to figure out how do we acclimate this cheetah to this equipment that's going to be brought into its stomping grounds. For starters, we recorded the sound of the dolly because it's quite loud, and then would play it for the cheetahs while they ate to kind of, to build a positive reinforcement of what that sound would be like. Wow. And then we built a dummy dolly out of cardboard and ran that down the track uh, on another lure system prior to bringing down our equipment. And that would give the cheetahs a representation of what we would have in the field. And we started all this about a month before we would shoot. So when we were actually preparing the equipment, we would bring the cheetahs down, show them the equipment, and walk them all around the facility uh, to kind of show them that this stuff is okay at the moment, it's inanimate. It's not going to hurt them. And then we brought down uh, Anatolian shepherds, which would run, and the cheetahs could watch the shepherds. So those shepherds are dogs, right? The shepherds are dogs, yes. They are actually one of the only species that will live, they can cohabit with uh, with the cheetahs.
0: So the, so the cheetahs were watching these dogs, and, and basically what you wanted from this is, you want the cheetahs to see this and be like, "Oh, the dogs are doing it. It's fine. It's, it doesn't hurt the dogs. We can do it too."
5: Yeah, we had. I think we had two cheetahs for that when the when the Anatolian shepherds were running. I think there were two cheetahs present. We shot with five cheetahs overall.
0: So, so you uh, when it came time to actually shoot, you um, you had to cue, I guess, the cheetahs to, to run uh, in, in front of your camera. How did you how did you do that?
5: You know, they they run to cat, capture prey. That's what they do. But what did you what was the prey in this situation? The lure was a fluffy dog toy that you would buy at any pet store actually. We did take, you know, the best care that we could to keep them um as stress-free as possible because we if as and as soon as they the cheetahs noticed and this happened multiple times if the lure got too far away or they broke their concentration from the run, they would completely uh Kind of freak out from seeing the dolly and you know want to just go back in the cage and th- and they wouldn't they wouldn 't run again for the day, usually after that, and we shot only a uh, magic hour in the morning the dawn and dusk, so our time was very limited and after each run, we would give them you know the cheetah handlers had a kind of fanny packs full of meat, and they would give the cheetahs we would swap the lure for some meat and but sometimes it would take up to an hour for the cheetah to give up the lure.
1: They're just gnawing on the lure, and you, yeah. there's nothing you could do because this is a powerful beast.
5: Well, they're, they're fair, you know, they, they exert an incredible amount of energy, so they're, they're also tired. You know, they, they, their body heat rises, they're, you know, winded, and, you know, they go. When a cheetah runs like that, they're, they're giving it its all. Having spent time with these big
1: cats, Greg, are you, are you a cat person?
5: I am a cat person. Yeah, I have two cats myself.
1: Wow! So, did you notice any similarities between uh, the cheetahs and and your own cats?
5: Uh, yeah, Probably most specifically is that they do. Cheetahs and and house cats, uh, you know, I think share the the same thing that they're not going to do what you want them to do. They you have to provide you know a, a special environment for them to be able to to you know, to get what you want out of them, and you have to, you have to engage them on their terms.
1: Well, now, but, like, now when you go home and deal with your own cats, are you like, hey, you guys, I just spent the day with five cheetahs, so don't even try
5: any of your cat crap <laughs> with me. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on the film.
1: Uh, it's, it's, it's really awesome to watch, and thanks for talking to us. Thanks for having me. For more on cheetahs, check out National Geographic's November issue. You know what that disgusting sound means? It's time for our toilet of the week. And this week's toilet was submitted to us by Lori. It's our first international toilet.
0: Right. Um, the toilet is from the Rheinfels Castle in Germany. So, Lori, tell, tell us about it.
3: Basically, um, I went there with some friends a few months ago. I'd been there also earlier in life, but I went back with some friends. And uh, at this castle, they had redone the bathroom. And we were the only ones there at the time, and so I got to see the women's and the men's side. Um, And in my guidebook, um, there was something about a urinal, like step back before you flush or something. So we looked. There's a guillotine above the (laughs) urinal.
0: Ouch. An operational uh, guillotine?
3: um, Well, I mean— of course, you, you assume not, but there are two handles, on both, like one on either side of the urinal. And so, you know, you, you assume one is to flush, and you're not really sure what the other <laughs> one is for. Um, you just hope that you pick correctly. So It makes yeah. you think
0: differently about the, the things we typically worry about in a restroom, like mm-hmm. uh, if it's a little bit dirty or if there's not hand sanitizer. The fact yeah, that you no, could be decapitated
1: is so much worse than any of those things.
3: Decapitated or, you know, otherwise uh, maimed? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Did anybody you were with use the urinal? Um, I think so. And they got out yeah, of it think, unscathed.
3: As far as I know. Well, I mean, yeah. One okay. I know came out unscathed, and the other one I think
0: <laughs> so. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I could go? go ask, but I'm not sure that um, that my boyfriend wants podcast fame. So we'll just assume that you know <laughs> oh, yeah. everything's okay.
1: All right. Well, uh, Lori, thanks so much, and congratulations on having this week's. Toilet of the Week.
3: Thanks. Do I have a chance to ask a question, too?
1: Oh, of course.
3: Okay, so winter, you know, Christmas time, you burn a lot of candles. And I don't know how to burn a candle without leaving walls of wax all around this little valley of wick. Um, And it wastes candles, it wastes wax, and it bugs me. And So I want to know, how do you burn a candle evenly so that you don't have this whole mountain and valley wick divot problem?
1: All right, Lori, I I think we can help you with this.
0: Joining us now is Christine Flores from the uh, Beeswax Company. They make candles.
3: How to properly burn a candle most evenly, the most important thing is your wick. That determines everything. That's what supplies the fuel to the flame. Keep your wick trimmed to about a quarter of an inch in length. That will allow you to control the flame more easily.
1: That does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian?
0: I I learned yet another uh, use for the fanny pack is meat. A meat carrier. Yeah.
1: A meat satchel. Yeah. I learned that if you ever need to get out of a conversation with someone, uh, just to fake some sort of gastric distress. Okay,
0: but what if I'm talking Mm -hmm. to my gastroenterologist? What are you guys talking about? And I want to get out of the conversation. And so I say, uh, I've really been having some serious cramping. I gotta find somebody to help me deal with this, and he's like, "You know, there's nobody better qualified than me." How to do everything is produced by
1: Blythe Haga with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Leah Menzer, and um, I'll tell you this, Ian, she had a great week. Uh, my meat pouch is just empty. That's, we gotta gotta keep her running. Yeah. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. and keep sending us your questions and toilet of the week nominations at how to. At NPR.org. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. What do you suppose would happen if you hooked a t-shirt up to an IV?